All right, good, good morning, everybody. My name is JJ. I come from South Africa. Um, if you can't understand what I'm saying, then just know that I speak a different language and be thankful that I can say at least this much in English. Um, I've been a part of OSC for about 10 months now, and it's been a great, great privilege for our family to have moved down uh, here and become a part of the spiritual family. And we love every moment of it. We love what God is doing through it. And um, we just want to say, uh, you know, a big word of honor and thanksgiving to Pastor Bubba and Pastor Josh for including us in this. And uh, today we're starting a new series called Legacy. And we're going to be talking about just our vision, the church's vision and what God has called us to leave behind, what God has called us to accomplish and uh, how that relates to you and where you fit into the story. And um, so it's an awesome uh, it's an awesome, you know, just moment to be thinking about, you know, what am I leaving behind? But let's reflect first. I want you to take a minute, and did you get some notes, some note papers? All right, we got some. Good. Use that if you want to write this down. Write down the name of a person who has had the biggest impact on your life for the good. Just go ahead and think about that. Who is that person for you? Write down their name if you can. All right, now, did you get those names? All right, you need three seconds. Two, one. All right, let's go. This is the next thing. Now, next to their name, write down the one word that you will use to describe that person. I don't see anybody writing. I need you to do this. <laughs> write down the name of that person and then write down the word that you would think best describes that person to you all right so let's hear some examples who wants to share their person's name all right go for it go for it oh wow all right that's awesome it's lisa your spiritual mom who else wants to share go for it chris uh, my spiritual father. your spiritual father yeah. who is he Awesome. Yeah, yeah, great. That's good. Anybody else wants to share? Yes. Uh, my mother's name is Sarah Selfless. Selfless. Oh, wow. Yeah. My mom, my mom led me to the Lord. Uh, so I would just like, also, my mom is probably one of the, the people that had the biggest impact and influence in my life. All right. Now write down your name. Go ahead, write it down. Actually, write it down. And here's the question I want you to consider. What will the most important people in your life write down as the word that describes you? What do you think they'll write of you? Because that is legacy. That is legacy. And here's why. Legacy is you influencing the future without being there. It's the future without you, but still being influenced by you. The future without you, still being influenced by you. Here's the thing about legacy. Legacy is something that you have to build. Because everybody leaves a legacy. For good or for bad. It's not that some people leave a great legacy and then other people just, you know, they didn't count. No, everybody actually leaves a legacy, but you get to decide what kind of a legacy you leave. And 
your, your legacy is defined by the actions you take today. It's not something that just happens when you have a great intention. You have to take intention to intentionality in order to build a great legacy. And so people who leave legacies aren't people who have their pie, you know, their eye in the pie in the sky or, you know, in the clouds or just thinking, you know, one day something. No, it's people who are actually living in today. It's people who are doing what is right and good for today and keeps doing that because legacy is you making small little good decisions that point all in the same direction of God's vision for your life. And as you make those little small decisions, those little small actions, you start building something that could be a good legacy. Look at some people, Martin Luther King. What's the legacy he left behind? Martin Luther King Jr. left a legacy of a vision for a non-racially segregated society. That's an awesome legacy he left behind. We still to this day fight in this church, we fight for a multicultural community because of, not because of him, because that is right in the eyes of God, but we remember him as one who stood up and made sacrifices in order for that to become a reality here today. Each and every one of us can do something like that, but it takes me to take action in order to make something that is a good idea become a reality. Think about a lady called Mother Teresa. She spent her whole life caring for lepers and the down and out of people in India, in Kolkata, India. She went ahead and won Nobel Peace Prize for that. But her life literally left a legacy of people knowing and understanding the compassion and love of Jesus Christ. Steve Jobs left a legacy. If you weren't writing, you were probably typing on one, right? That's a legacy. Before he made the iPhone, there was no smartphone, as smart as the iPhone. (laughs) And then everybody went and they made similar phones to that. But that's his legacy. He saw something that was a great idea, and then he went in it, and he made it become alive. He made it a reality. Here's a guy that influenced the future without being here. His name is William Tyndale. William Tyndall, you know what he did? You know what his legacy is? The ability for you to be able to read the Bible in your own language. What an influence, hey? What a legacy. The, the, the fact that you can read the Bible in English was because of this guy. He influenced the future very significantly. Everyone leaves a legacy, and the kind of legacy we leave is determined upon the kind of actions that we are consistently busy with doing. Living a legacy is not having one great epiphany and doing one great thing, contrary to what most of modern-day movies would tell you. Actually, leaving a legacy is living a lifestyle of intentional good actions that makes great ideas become reality for more people than just you. For more people than just you. And we'll talk about why that is a little later. But let's read Psalm 112. It says this. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. 
Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will long be remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. Man, I want to live a life that enables me to be confident and fearlessly pursuing the things that God has planned for me to do. And I've tried to live my life like that. I've tried to throw caution to the wind when it comes to obeying the calling of the Lord and trust Him that He will work things out on our behalf. We moved across the Atlantic for crying out loud. And we didn't even have a house or possessions when we arrived here. But sometimes you just have to make a call to trust Jesus, to do whatever He's called you to do, to step out into that thing that you feel Him leading you to in order to see something amazing take place. Whatever we live for is what we will be remembered for. And I want to be remembered for a pers- as a person who trusted God, who loved God, and who trusted God. If people will remember me as being a person who truly knew God, and because he knew God, he followed God into anything, that would, be, that would, make, me, that would make my heart glad. Because I know if I do that, all other things that I need to be doing... I will probably be doing. But I want to be remembered like that. How would you like to be remembered? See, you're getting remembered for what you're busy with doing right now. So if you were to be remembered right now for what you have done and what you are busy doing, how would you be remembered? God wants to make sure that your legacy that you leave behind is a godly legacy. He wants to include you in the work that He is doing. And in so doing, allow you to make a difference with him for which you will be remembered as a person who left a godly legacy. But in order to leave a godly legacy, I must first understand, um, you know, God's vision. Because as a church family, honestly, you know, we have vision and we have a plan. The Bible says that, you know, man plans his way, but the Lord orders his steps. God has given this house marching orders. He has said to this house, you will be reaching people and building lives. And that's what this house has been doing ever since it started in Jennings in 19 years ago. And it's spread into Eunice and it's spread, it's spread to Crowley. And we've continued to reach people and building lives. And, and to a degree, you know, we've, we've been successful. That has been our marching orders. And we have a, and we, we have a plan in which we like, Pastor Robert said, like, we did everything wrong. And when they realized they did everything wrong, they changed things up a little and they became smarter. And they, they planned better and they strategized better. But ultimately, it was God's plan for this house that they were trying to accomplish. It wasn't us trying to build a name for ourselves or us trying to be successful unto ourselves as an organization, it's always been about establishing God's name in this city and wherever we go and making the kingdom of God expand wherever we come, wherever we go. Amen? Come on, it's about God and His kingdom. But that is the vision that we have got to keep in front of us all the time. God's vision for this place is what we need to see. And so let me ask you this, what do you see when you drive around Crowley or Rain or, you know, Esterwood or, you know, the surrounding region? What do you see? How do you look at this environment when you walk out of this church building today? 
Let me, set, let, me, let, me, let me show you how God wants us to see our environment. God wants to see our environment as a comparison to heaven. He wants us to look at what we see out there and think, how would that work if heaven was here? Because that's where he wants us to aim to. That's what he wants us to accomplish in our region. So let me just ask you, what does heaven's roads look like? Okay, I know they're gold. I'm not referring to that, okay? <laughs> what do they look like? You think they're full of potholes? You think they're falling apart? Who thinks heaven's roads are falling apart? <laughs> they're not. Why? Because the kingdom of God has an appreciation for order, beauty, excellence, so when you're driving along our roads and you happen to go through a pothole that busts your tire, what do you do? Well, one of the reactions we have, you know, is go and like, curse the pothole, you know. It's like, man, this blankety-blank pothole and this blankety-blank municipality that's not blankety, you know, uh, looking after our roads and our infrastructure and, and, and then just like blank <laughs> just because. And you know how much energy you expend by, you know, putting all those blanks in places? Here's what God wants us to do. Yes, you went through the pothole. Yes, you busted your tire. God wants us as Christians to come and step in between what's happening and heaven and say, this isn't right. We need that here. And start saying, Jesus, this thing just caused my tire to burst. Now I am calling heaven into action, and I'm saying, please come help us fix this thing. What you're doing is you're involving heaven's armies and heaven's workforce to start putting things in action that will bring about real change in a place like Crowley. Reality is always first spiritually fixed before it manifests in the physical realm. And what God wants from each and every one of us is to see the heaven's vision for our environment and go, man, that's not supposed to be. When you drive by buildings that are empty that has no business in it, what do you go do? Oh, this town's going to nothing. Oh, another business closed. No, you go. Father, I call another business into that place in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you're changing our economy around in this place. Crowley will prosper because of the kingdom of God and because of the righteous that are living in this place. You were willing to save Sodom and Gomorrah because of 10 righteous people in that place. Father, you're willing to save Crowley. You're willing to bring back business. You're willing to bring back policies. You're willing to bring back things into this environment that will bring an economy and, and have people um, live better in this place. Amen? That is how we live Christ-like. What's Jesus doing right now for us? Come on, where's the theologians? Jesus is? He's interceding for us. The most Christ-like thing you can do right now is to start, the first Christ-like thing you can start doing is intercede for your city. Intercede for your community. If you see places, you know, with trash that's lying around everywhere, you think heaven has a trash problem? No. Heaven does not have a trash problem. Humanity has a trash problem. But heaven can come and can bring about change because heaven, wherever heaven goes, beauty is created. 
When, when God created the world, he created order out of chaos. And then after everything he said, he said it was good. It was good. God loves things beautiful. We should like it beautiful. And I'm not about to go into a prosperity. You know I'm saying? Go help your neighbor clean up his trash. That's what I'm saying. That's probably one of the most kingdom-like things you can do to serve your neighbor. Say, hey, man, I've got a trailer and, you know, a pickup, and I see you don't, and I'm willing to help you get rid of those things if you, if you, would, if you, would, if you, wanna, if you want to. Just let me know. I'm ready. I'll serve you. I'll help you clean that place up. You clean that yard up. The next one get cleaned. The next one get cleaned. And before long, you have a community where children loves playing around in the streets again, and it's safe. When things degrade and become trashy, it invites criminal activity. And we're letting that happen, not because we're not, we're not, we don't want it to happen. We're letting it happen because we don't pick up that paper that, that, that lies down. We don't clean up that yard that's across from us. Well, it's not my yard. I don't need to cut that yard's grass. Well, what if you did? Don't you think it'll make it look more heavenly? It would. God wants us to look at our community differently. It's not just a spiritual matter. It's a very practical thing. The kingdom of God comes in and creates order. And it creates beauty. And it creates life. And if you can in any form or way add to order, beauty, and life around you, you are doing kingdom work. Let me tell you. The municipality is God's agent. Don't cuss at them. Offer your services to them. The municipality is meant to uphold and maintain infrastructure. You know what? Sometimes they run into difficulty. And whether that be whatever it is, the problem, I don't care at this point what the problem is, but you can go with a bucket and say, hey, let me go fill up that hole for you. Or maybe that's not how it works here. Maybe that's how it works in Africa. I'll tell you what, next time you drive past a pothole, why don't you pray? And say, Lord, we call heaven into this, in, into this region. When you drive by businesses that are performing unrighteous business, why don't you pray? Lord, let's close that place down. We can have healthy business in this place. We don't need those money. We don't need that money here. Every single time I drive to Crowley, I pray to two, for two businesses to close. You know which ones I'm talking about. We don't need that money. God can create us and give us a healthy economy. We don't need those businesses. God wants his kingdom to come into Crowley and the and, and its surrounding areas. And it takes you and I to see differently and to start praying. And maybe you know somebody who knows somebody that works on the roads. And you can make a phone call. And you can say, hey, I've just lost a tire on that road in that area you think we could send someone out to go fix it? For evil to prevail, good man just has to do nothing. Let's not be nothing doers. Let's pick up that phone call. Pick up that phone. Make that phone call. Try to do something. And at the very least, start interceding. Start saying, this cannot go on like this. I'll use my faith and I'll use my hope and trust in God to start setting things right in the spiritual realm so that we'll start seeing manifestation in our physical environment happening that looks like things are getting done, things are getting improved, things are getting fixed. Amen? Vision is a clear picture of a preferable future. God wants Crowley to thrive. God wants Crowley in this environment. Now, our region here, let's, let's talk about the region so, we, so we're inclusive. So all the, the, 
the outlying areas around Kali. Because I believe God has not just called us to this city, but He's called us to this region's cities to make a difference and to bring the kingdom of God into those places. You see, when God gives you a vision, it's your job to make preparations for it and to strategize for it. It's your job to start putting action to your intention, makes it intentional, that then start making things happen, making changes come. And that's how we leave a legacy. You know, when you're expecting something to happen, you make preparations for it. Think about a pregnant mom, you know, they call it, you know, the nesting. <laughs> they, start, they start, you know, changing things in the house that, are, that are, don't need to get changed. Um, and they, you know, make a room that's, you know, just perfect for the baby to come. They're expecting something to happen. They're creating, they're preparing for it. We, as OSC, we're preparing. We're expecting God to bless our region. We're expecting God to grow our region's economy. We're expecting God to take out unhealthy elements out of economy, and we're preparing for it. We're making ready for it. We're reaching out and building people. We're getting people saved. We're getting people set in their lives on the foundations of Jesus Christ so that their lives can start making a difference in other people's lives. And that's what you're a part of when you're part of OSC. That's what God wants us to accomplish. That's where He wants us to go. Proverbs 29, 18 says, If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, they are most blessed. Organizational orders is important. And God has given us a plan. Here's our plan. God wants us to help people to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Start making a difference. First and foremost, it's all about us knowing God. Amen? And that's why we do Sunday services the way we do Sunday services. Because we want people to come in to be able to have an experience with the presence of God, with the grace of God, the compassion of God, the community of God, the love of God. That's why we do Sunday services. We don't just do it to get like a little, you know, weekly fix where we felt that we ticked a little box. And okay, we did service. Now we can go about our, whole, our real lives. This is the pinnacle of our week where we get to, I, I love how Cajuns do, uh, how Cajuns say, um, um, uh, I want you to come over here. You, what, what, what do you guys say? Come see? Yeah, come see? That's exactly what we want you to do. We want you to come see, <laughs> you know? Come and see what it is to be among people that love God, that'll love you. Come see. Come see. And that's why we, we consider the Sunday, this event, like this is like, like one of our biggest open doors, you know, our front doors of our house in a sense. You know, where we tell people, hey, come visit. Come see. Come and experience God in a way that you might not have. Come and experience His love and His grace, but come experience His plan for your life. Come experience the significance of, of your, 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 you still being alive and you still being here. God wants us to help people to know Him. And we hope that our Sunday service is always revealing something about the nature, the character, and the intentions of God towards people. And that's why we do it the way we do it. That's why we're, we're so um, you know, passionate about our Sunday services and our get-togethers and why for us it's, it's like a crucial element of coming and being a part of a spiritual family. It's joining other people in corporate worship. It's not just a good idea, it's, it is a God idea. And yes, we do it in modern day in a format that did not necessarily ever always exist. But the bottom line is, we're coming together in the name of Jesus Christ to celebrate His goodness and His love and to include other people to experience it. And that's why this is so important for us to have these moments. 
But this isn't the only and the most important moment. Equally to this, we want people to not just know God. We want people to be free. Free from past mistakes and free from other people's mistakes that might have traumatized us. Right? God wants us to be free. He wants us to find freedom. And that's why it's so important that we get to know people. Because you're going to have a life change happen most significantly if you're actually exchanging life with other people. If somebody gets to know what you're going through, somebody can take your hand and say, all right, brother, now stand up with me. We're going to walk through this thing. You're not going to be bogged down by this thing for the rest of your life. We're going to get you through it. We're going to walk you past it, and you're going to become victorious over it. That's what it means to find freedom, that everything you did in the past that was wrong and is now defining you, you learn to redefine yourself through the blood and the grace of Jesus Christ, and everything everybody else did that hurts you you get to overcome that. And yes, you were a victim, but you do not need to remain a victim. God wants you to become victorious and beat the things that have been done unto you so that you can walk in the power that the grace of God enables us to walk in in this life. Come on. God is passionate to see you go into the fullness that He's wanted. He said, I came that they might have life and have it to the full. God wants you to no longer be oppressed by anything that has happened in your past. He wants you to be free from that, man. He wants you to walk in power and walk in joy and peace. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. And that's available to us. But if you're not a part of a life group, you're missing 50% of what's going on in this church. Honestly, this church is more about the relationships in it than it is necessarily about what we do. I'm here for you. I'm not here for a name or for a thing. I like meeting with you guys. Every time I get to come here and, 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 and serve here, I think, oh, God, I'm going to be able to chat with that guy again, and I'm going to connect with that guy again. And I wonder if he's going to come because, you know, I need to, you know, bust his chops about something stupid he said on Facebook. Or, you know, there's something that needs to happen, but it is always going to be a relationship that I look forward to, right? I hope you come here looking forward to a relationship. And yes, preaching needs to be fairly decent, you know, and uh, um, trusting I'm not completely off. But the relationships is what draws me to church. It's the people. It's being a part of something that is bigger than me. Secondly, thirdly, sorry, is we want you to discover who you are and why you're here. You know, there's two important days in your life. The first one, obviously, when you were born, because we're glad you're here. But the second is why. Why are you here? Not here in this room. Why are you on earth? Why are you on earth? Why on earth are you here? <laughs> God has a specific purpose for you. He, did, he really does. It look, and, and you might be saying, I mean, you know, you know, I'm retired. I'm, I'm, I'm past off. No, you're not. Are you breathing? God still has a plan for your life. If you still have life in you, you can still give life to others. And let me tell you, there's nothing, there's no bigger lie than saying that God, you know, I must just exist and I must just get through this. No, God wants you to thrive and he wants you to make a difference. And that's point number four, making a difference. God has hardwired us to want to add value to other people. And I know that sometimes people feel like, you know, I'm like more like, like the recluse type. You know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, you know, the out there kind of party guy. God has a plan for you too. You know, Life groups, we also refer to them sometimes as small groups, right? We get together in a small group of people, 
And, uh, you know, we discuss God's love and God's plans for us and His principles, and we get to learn to know Him better. Um, you know, I get to share my perspective of who He is to me, and you benefit from that, and you get to share what He's done in your life, and my faith is built by that. Um, and you know what? If we're meeting together, you and I, at a coffee shop, around a coffee, we're having a small group. It's a small group, people. And it counts. That's a life group. If you gain life from grouping together with one other person, that's your life group. And you can get life from it. You can give life in it. It doesn't have to be a crowd. But it has to involve another person. You were not created to do this life alone. You were not created to go through life solo completely. You have to have some people that you're receiving from and some people that you're pouring into. That is just what God wanted. That's how Jesus left his legacy. Jesus was intentional about leaving a legacy. You know how his intentionality was revealed? Yes, his intentionality was uh, in part revealed in, in how he ministered to people. The Bible says he went about you know, doing good and uh, you know, casting out demons, healing those who were sick and oppressed of the devil, right? But you know how Jesus' intentionality was revealed most? It's by the 12 people that he spent with most, most, most of his time with. Jesus discipled 12 people to prepare them so that his legacy will, so that he will be able to influence the future without being in it physically. I know he's here by his spirit. Jesus' intentionality was, was to prepare 12 men to start something called the church. Guess what? Guess who's Jesus' legacy? It's us. Right here, right now. We are Jesus' legacy. It's the church. It's the children of God. And the same calling that he gave to those 12 disciples are still valid for each and every Christian today. It's go and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything that I have obeyed you. If you want to know what your calling is, this is your calling that you will make disciples to the ends of the earth. Jesus' calling on our lives, the church, his legacy is to make disciples. It's not to hold events and it's not to do, it's to make disciples. If your event does not lead to disciples being made, cut the event. Because calling on the church is to make disciples. And you can make a disciple of one person. And when he becomes mature and he starts making a disciple of another person and you go ahead and you make another disciple and that starts happening, you get multiplication power hitting and very soon you're transforming a community by just investing in one or two people. This Christian thing isn't difficult. No, let me say that, let me say that differently. It's not complex. It's very simple, but sometimes it's so simple that we feel that if I'm going to spend a semester with two people in my life group and disciple them properly and well, that I'm not doing enough. Trust me, give it three semesters and you'll start seeing multiplication happening like you have never seen before. But you will be raising up more disciple makers. Every single one of us in this room has a calling from God. And that is to make disciples. 
the first difference we need to make, the best difference you can make in somebody's life is by introducing them to Jesus. That's just the truth. That's just the truth. So why don't you go ahead and tell that guy that you've been thinking of coming to this church to come see? Come see my life group. We're meeting in you know, that place. Just come visit. Come see. It's such an important part of building God's kingdom is to let people experience the life-giving environment that we have here. And so that's why your life matters because you're gonna connect with people that nobody in this room is also gonna connect with. And you are their link between Jesus to Jesus. You can't, well, I cannot understate this. <laughs> you see how important it is? There are people you know that I will never know, that no one in this room will know. And God wants you to make a difference in their lives. You matter intensely in God's plan. And if you remain inactive, there's a part of God's desire that is not getting fulfilled because there are people that are not getting reached. See, God's vision for your life is always going to be bigger than you. And unfortunately, in our society, we step into a place where Christianity has become very much about me and about how it blesses me and about how it helps me to overcome my challenges and get over my hurts. And as much as God wants that for you, that is just the beginning. That is just the beginning. That is not the all-encompassing vision Jesus has for your life is just to have you in a healthy place. No. Jesus wants to make a difference through your life. So your, His vision for your life is always going to involve your friends. It's always going to involve your family. It's always going to involve strangers that God wants you to connect with. Because He's been struggling to get anybody to connect with Him. Let me say this to you and guarantee you, if God lays it on your heart to reach out to a stranger, he's struggling to get somebody of his known circle to connect with him about Jesus. The Christians in that person's direct circle isn't doing their job. And that's why God often asks us to reach beyond our natural relational lines because he needs to get the message to that person because he's passionate about seeing that person's life change. Will you comply is the question. Will you leave a legacy? Will you put some of your conveniences aside and say, Lord, man, this is uncomfortable. I don't, I don't like talking to people that I don't know. But I'm going to do this because, you know, I want to honor you. And I, and, and, and I see that you love this person. God can use us so powerfully in love people's lives. If we will realize it's more, it's more than just us. It's always going to involve other people. Let me say this to you very slowly and clearly. You are not walking in your purpose until other people are benefiting from your presence. God did not create you for you. He created you for us. He created me for us. Do not isolate yourself and think of yourself as being a lone ranger walker with Jesus. There's no such thing. That's why they call it the Adams family, because they have a weird hand that's detached, that's everywhere. Christians that are not connected are weird. And Jesus did not call us to be weird. He called us to be peculiar. Peculiarity means we're different. And different is the same meaning as the Bible says when we say we're holy. 
When the angels see Jesus, when the angels see God in heaven, and they, the Bible says they would, they would, somebody would cry out, holy, and then all, everybody would cry out, holy, and they would throw down their thrones and they would worship Jesus. And, and you know why they can always be saying God is holy? And why that can repetitively happen over and over and over and over again? It's because God is such a deep being that we are always in, uh, discovering more about who He is. And each time somebody discovers in heaven something about God that they have not seen before, He reveals something about Himself to them. Again, they just cry out, Wow, <laughs> you're so different. You're so perfect. You thought of that too. I haven't even started thinking about that that I need that, but you are it also. And then they worship Him, and they adore Him for that. God calls us to be holy. He calls us to be different than our environment. He calls us to think different, to see different, to act different. We call according to, to live according to the Spirit, the Bible says. And that entails us to not, not drive by, you know, um, places that are falling apart and just go, oh, well, you know, they got what's coming to them. But to go and say, Lord, we pray for your grace over this place. Lord, we pray for restoration. Let heaven come, Lord. Let us, let us make something happen, Father. Bring somebody past this that needs to see this, that wants to buy this place and rebuild it, refurbish it, renovate it, so that it's a proper business uh, a, a place again. Come on, guys. God wants us to see differently. His vision is bigger than us. Second, His vision is normally impossible for us to accomplish without His help. That's why there's a neat verse in Ephesians 3 verse 20 that says, We glorify the God who is able to do far abundantly, far more abundantly than all we can ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us. It's, it's amazing that it says, it's the power that's in work within us. It's not, you have all the power that you need, but we do. We do. If we can collectively start standing in the gap for this, if we will start looking at our region differently and we will start saying, Lord, this needs to change. What can I do to bring change in this environment? If we will learn how to look like that, we will know where we should be serving, where we should be giving of ourselves so that we can see God's will happen in our environment. You look into people's lives, you see broken marriages, you see, you see uh, kids that are um, you know, all over the show, you step into those environments and you say, hey, can I pray with you? Hey, can I, can I walk with you? Can I cry with you? Can I mourn with you about the death of that person? And can I help you back on your feet and, and, and hook arms with you and say, hey, let's walk this thing through together? If we will start looking like that, guys, we will, we will make such a difference in this environment. And the name of God will be exalted in Crowley and this region. Amen. Come on, God is calling us to grab a hold of this and say, what's my part, Lord? You have to ask that question today. What's my part? God's vision is compelling. And it'll be something that you, you know, God, God will ask you to do something that relates to what, you're, what He has graced you to do. Every one of us has been graced with amazing, um, you know, abilities. We've been graced with connections. We've been graced with, with positions. We've been graced with, um, with relationships, talents, skills, expertise, just certain personality types. 
we've been graced with so many things. If we go and say, I have all these tools, which one do I need to use in this, in this moment? I will see that I've been empowered to act. I've been given something to do that can make a difference. I can offer this relationship or, or that position to Jesus. Say, Lord, how do you want me to use this to glorify you and to bring about the changes you want to see? God's vision is to bring His way and will into our environment. It's going to draw on who you are. So you have to look inside and say, what did God give me already? Each and every one of us has been blessed with so much to give. It's incredible what we have if we put it all together and we work together around the cause. We can do so much. And um, as a church family, we're entering into a very exciting time. Um, we're going to watch a short video now where Pastor Bubba and uh, Pastor Josh is just talking a little bit about some of where we come from, not everything, um, and introducing like just a beautiful moment um, between him and Pastor Josh that, that, we're, that, we're, that we're busy um, uh, taking action on and that I believe is really going to just set us up for whatever we're going to do in this greater region, uh, you know, kind of in between Lafayette and Lake Charles, you know, because <laughs> we kind of, we you know, have, have, have a church in there, we have a church here, but here in between is where God has called us to make a difference. And um, our hearts and, 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 and uh, just the cry of our hearts is to, to be able to plan and, and build in such a build in such a way. I've been told that nobody understood when I said build in the first service. We're going to build something significant. <laughs> and, uh, um, and let's let's listen to what they have to say. And then I'll come up and I'll just close with a couple of thoughts for us after that. Are you guys ready to cue that video? Good. Here we go. Hey, OSC family. Pastor Josh here alongside Pastor Bubba. And we are so excited to be kicking off Vision Sunday is today, along with kicking off our Legacy, legacy. series. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so you tell know, us a little bit about Legacy. I mean, we're coming up on 20, 20 years. years. Wow. Yeah, 20 years. Uh, we actually started 20 years ago on Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. third week of January. And, you know, it's amazing what God's done, Pastor Josh. I mean, you remember that first service at the Holiday Inn. We yep. had 19 people there. And uh, we were just so excited. And then, you know, then we got to about a year and a half journey tearing down, setting up, and then we came and we found this property, and God just miraculously provided for us in yeah. six and a half weeks, and we started out debt-free, yep. and uh, it was just so amazing, and then then you see that all of that started. Now we have three campuses, about 1,500 people meeting on the weekends between the three campuses, and yeah, it's just it's amazing. When you think about the last 20 years, if you think back 20 years ago, did you see all this? I had other people tell me about it. I saw things, I, what I really prayed for, and you know this, without anybody knowing, I prayed that God would give us a tithe of the city. Mm -hmm. And just to see what God has been doing these last yeah. few years. And, and we're actually living in that right now, yeah. Pastor Josh. And it, it is beyond what we thought, but we knew that God sent us here yeah. with his blessing and his hand and his favor. And uh, we're just excited. I remember that time you and I went to that conference and we go, man, we did everything wrong. They told us Wait how to grow a church. <laughs> it's <laughs> all God. And then we go, we ain't that smart. And we knew it was all God. It's true. So, yeah. It's true. So when you look back at the last 20 years, what do you think of, like, how do you feel about all that? Like, what are you grateful for as you look at what God's done? First of all, I have to say I'm grateful for my wife and my family and my children. Mm -hmm. Made them make that trip. 
to come from Broussard to here, yeah. and then for you to come and this partner, and then I asked you to pray yeah. if this is where God wanted you to be, and you came back and said, God told me this is where I'm supposed to be. And so I'm thankful for that, but I'm also thankful for the people that have been faithful throughout the years. Yeah. When you think about legacy, it's the series we're kicking off today, mm -hmm. what do you want your legacy to be? Wow. You know, I want my legacy to be that I love my wife, mm. that I love mm. the people, but also that we came to make a difference and reaching people, building lives. That means that we came to build God's kingdom and not our own. Now, we're shooting a, a video today because we kind of have some historic things that are about to happen take yeah. place in our church. So you want to share a little bit sure. of what's happening there? Well, just to let people know that uh, uh, actually we're going to pass the torch to Pastor Josh and, and Lindsay uh, Belt to be the senior pastors. And it's time. Hmm. It's not because I've had cancer, but it's yeah. been, it's just time. And we're still pastoring the people, but it's more of like a founding pastor or father of the house, yeah. however you want to put it. And uh, we're here to minister. I'm here to, to still minister at the churches as needed. Yeah. And uh, I'm still young. Come on, don't. don't you are. Yeah. I'm still young. And it gives. <laughs> it actually gives Tracy and I an opportunity to travel. And some of the no, connections we've made through other pastors and other ministries around the world. Why now? Well, you know, you and I were talking about. I was telling you, I was reading a book about uh, just why the churches get sick, why they die. Yeah and it gets centered around a person and we've never wanted to do that it's now because we know that to go forward you yeah. got to know when your time is to step into another level mm -hmm. and that's where tracy and i are at we know it's time mm -hmm. and it's time for y'all my desire is to to uh, train leaders help be yeah. along the side I'm, i want to be the biggest cheerleader at this church and uh you know we we came and we started it, but that doesn't mean that, you know, we can't cheerlead. And, and you know, my privilege is to see you as a son of, a son in the house, and, yeah. you know, my spiritual son. To, I want your, your success is my success, yeah. and my success is your success. Yeah. Some people go, well, Pastor Bob, I'm gonna, Pastor, we miss you. And I said, well, if you miss me, this is how you love me, if you love Josh. Mm. If you can love Pastor Josh, then you love me. Mm. And it goes vice versa. Just want to say thank you for the last decade of a lot of what we're experiencing as a church right now is because of the faithful plowing and sowing and a lot of behind the scenes that you and Miss Tracy have done and the sacrifices that you and your family have made. I think we're reaping, we're standing on, the, on your shoulders. And I'm excited about that. Yeah. I, I, I think our best days are ahead of us. Absolutely, absolutely. And talking about that, <laughs> we, we, we haven't even gotten into future things now because mm. now, I mean, a lot of what legacy is is us not just celebrating the past, but also looking to the future and where we're going and what we feel God's calling us to do. And I know we have some really exciting things coming uh, for all of our campuses right now. And so uh, we've seen God do a lot here in Jennings. Of course, last year we did Legacy for yeah. the first time, believing God for uh, $250,000 to build our kids' building. And through the generosity of our people and the faithfulness of God, we built a kids' building debt-free Come on. And which is the best. I mean, just I'm thinking about last month, we saw 23 kids get baptized mm. 
right here in, in the children's church, not just, just just kids, kids, kids only, because people are bringing their their families. We're running out of space. Um, we're running out of space in the worship center. We're running out of parking space. Um, I know here in Jennings, we just added a fourth service to try to help with that. But of course, another thing is we we need more parking. So I know for Legacy for Jennings, um, we're going to be adding more parking. And then on top of that, of course, uh, just upgrading our facilities and our connections building and here. And so excited for that. But what gets me really excited is what just happened last year in Jennings is I believe is going to happen in Eunice this year because the legacy project for Eunice this year is we're going to be building a new kids facility. Uh, we got a building donated to us um, and moved on to our property, which was a God thing in Absolutely. and of itself. And now we're believing for us to build that to create more space for more kids to meet Jesus yet again. And so the same thing that God did here in Jennings, we're believing the same thing is going to happen right there in Eunice as they create more space for kids to find their calling and find the purpose of God for That's their awesome. life. And then just thinking about Crowley. I mean, Come on, Crowley, I Crowley. Come on. is just celebrated five years. Wow. So we are five years into Crowley and God's doing so much. That is our only campus that has been portable though. And so from the Rice Theater to different buildings to now being in the cinema and just to think that every Sunday, dedicated faithful people go and set up hmm. every Sunday to create the cinema to be a place for people to encounter Jesus yes. is, is so powerful hmm. already in and of itself. So for Crowley this year, we are going to strategically start raising funds just to be ready for when something comes available. Just I know, pull the I know switch. yeah, we've been knocking on doors and we've been talking to oh people and we've been looking everywhere and we're just, we're waiting for God to open that door. And we know that God's going to open that door. And, and our heart is to see Crowley get a home. Yeah. You and I've so. talked about that quite a bit and little, we've gone to buildings. We've talked to people, landowners, everything else. So really Crowley, let me, let me just say this keep praying we believe yeah. that God's just going to provide not just the place but the place yeah absolutely we believe God can will provide absolutely. but it's going to take everyone mm -hmm. and the beauty of legacy is we get to go on a journey together everyone does everyone has value everyone has a part to play and when everyone plays their part we see God do the impossible. I think of I think of Ephesians 3:20 now into who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And so thinking like God does the, the unimaginable, he does the miraculous, but he does it through us. Yeah. And so we are the instruments that he uses. And so yeah. we're thinking as we go, exactly. We're the, feet. We're the, we're the mouthpiece, we're Absolutely. That. we have to see with our eyes. And so that's what we're asking for you as we go into this legacy series is for you to be praying and for you to be asking God. That's all we're actually asking. You ask God, what he wants you to do, and then you just do it. Because we are, we're in everyone's church, and so we want everyone to be a part of the vision of what God is doing through OSC to reach more people and to build more lives. Yeah, I believe the most important thing is that people realize that God wants to give you eyes to see. It means I'm praying that God give you Jesus contact lenses to see the need of this community, of this region, how people need Jesus, that God wants to be use our hands not only to lift people up, but also to, to bless 
and to be a part of investing in what God has for the future for every one of us. And then through all that, I believe this, it always happens, expect the unexpected. God just does incredible things when we are willing to step out of the boat and we're willing to walk in the journey God's called us to. And so I'm excited about what God has for us in the future. Hey, LSC family, we're so excited to have you on this journey with us. And as we said, we are in everyone church. And so thank you for doing your part to help us continue to reach people and build lives. So that, that gets me pumped, man. I, oh, I love it when leaders are, um, are passionate to see God's vision uh, come, come into reality. And Pastor Bubba and Pastor Josh are just such exemplary leaders when it comes to following God's call on their lives and following God's call on this church's lives. And so we get to be a part of that. And that is just, that is amazing. We get to create hope in our region. We get to show people that there is a way past their hurts, that there is a way past, you know, the things that they struggle with. We get to be a part of that. And that, above all, is just for me, it's amazing. Um, it's not a burden that we carry. It's a privilege that we share. It's our privilege to go out there and show people Jesus, show people that there is hope for their lives. And um, God's vision requires us to have faith. Some closing thoughts. It requires us to have faith. And faith essentially is trust in what God had, had declared. It requires us to see what he sees. Jesus' contact lenses, like Pastor Baba says, um, to look at our region the way God looks at it and say, Lord, if this is your desire for this region, then it's my desire. I want to see happen what you want to see happen. And I will align myself with your hopes, dreams, and desires. And when I'm seeking your kingdom first, I trust that you'll take care of me. But my life's not going to center around me and my relationship with you. It's going to center around your vision for our environment. It requires sacrifice. And that's why Romans 12, Paul makes an appeal to the Romans that says, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. This is your spiritual worship. Us coming and saying, Lord, all these things that you've been blessing me with, all my capacities, let me give this to you. Let me give this in service to you. Who are you in this community? Let that serve Jesus' kingdom in this community. And then if you think about the fact that Martin Luther King Jr. and Mother Teresa and these people, they, William Tinder, they didn't choose convenience when they decided about how they will be remembered, right? They chose to, to follow God and to trust that He had their intentions and had their lives covered. They made intense sacrifices. And for us to see this dream come to pass, where God's kingdom comes into, it's going to require our faith and our sacrifice, and it's going to require our generosity. It's going to require us to, to give out of the financial, financial provision that God has given us because 
We live in a real world. And none of this happens without finances. But we know that God has our back and that He can provide through us all. And, and essentially what we're, what we're looking at is we're not looking at, you know, people that need to kind of like, okay, I need to try and equal what that guy is going to give or, or etc. But we're, we're, we're asking equal obedience. That you will just simply ask God, what is He asking of me? And then just do that. Nothing more, nothing less. And then we're looking at, we call it a God gap of about 250,000 rand. And 100,000 is going to be used on the Jennings campus and 100,000 is going to be used for the kids facility in Eunice. And then we're setting up like this, this ready fund for when God opens a door for us to move into a facility that we'd have 50,000 rand ready to take that place and make it our own. And so we're asking you to go and ask God, what can you give? And then, not today, in three weeks from now, on the 17th of November, we're having a legacy offering. And then, so we don't want people to be, you know, we want you to go home and pray. And like the Bible says, you know, prepare in your own heart what you want to give. And then give that willingly, not begrudgingly, because God loves a cheerful giver. Somebody who's prepared his heart, this is what I want to do. And what I feel God is calling me to do. And what I feel God wants me to be obedient in. And then just do that. Not based on emotion, but based on obedience. And then lastly, it's going to require us to have a sense of urgency. A legacy isn't built by good intentions. It's built by action. It's built by people who take the bull by the horns and ride that thing. It's people who, who, who make intentional uh, decisions about how they're going to conduct themselves and what they're going to be remembered.